The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. How much do we really need each other? How much do we really need people? And what do you do when you get trapped in isolation, in quarantine, say? <laughs> um, you know, I, for years I have shared a, a story from history uh, from the second and third century about when the plagues hit uh, the Roman Empire. And maybe you've heard me share this story before if you've been around Lifehouse for any bad time. Uh, and I shared how, you know, because, and, and I like using this story because it just seems so like outlandish. It's something that we totally could not relate to. How during these times when these plagues hit uh, and this disease was spreading, how people would just isolate themselves and they would insulate themselves from people that were hurting. They would, they would trap themselves in their homes and if somebody coughed, they would run from them. Maybe even kick them out of their house, separate themselves from even those they loved and would live in fear. And as I shared this story, I would just share, you know, and you and I would have the same reaction, like how crazy, how absurd that when we we're dealing with disease uh, and we get afraid that we just push others out of our lives and we, you know, we live isolated. And uh, in the second and third century, I have shared how, you know, even if a loved one got sick, they would just put them out in the street. And family began to break down. Communities began to break down, and people felt isolated and alone, and despair and fear began to settle in, and society itself began to break down. But I don't need to tell you a story, do I? Because you and I have lived it. Now, in the second and third century, 50 to a, there would be cities where there would be a 50% mortality from the disease. In outlying communities, 100% of the population would die from this sickness. So you kind of hear that and you go, I get it. I, I get what they were going through. But, but we don't need to just have you know, sympathy for them. We can understand because we've walked through it. And, and you know, absolutely, when, when you're hit by disease in a pandemic, you, you kind of feel the pain of it, and we can understand because we grieve with those who've lost loved ones. But I, I, the way that I feel is that the worst part of the pandemic is not just those we've lost. It's the isolation and the insulation it's the quarantine, and as a result, the shutdown and the separation and the despair and the fear and the personal loneliness that sets in because we're divided and separated from each other. And I don't know that our society has even yet recognized the devastation that this kind of isolation and insulation from each other creates and causes. Now, I'm not coming to speak out against this. What I really am speaking up about is what it does in every, in every one of us. Because here's the thing, right? Like, we know that friendships are important and family is vital, isn't it? Like, we all would agree with that. Family is so important. So long as it's safe, right? Friendships are valuable as long as they're safe. Family is really important so long as it's safe. And I 
testify to tell you the fear I have is that we've taken on a mentality that's safe above all. Safety above intimacy. Safety above closeness. And the challenge is that there is nothing safe about relationships. Now, don't read into what I'm saying. I'm not saying throw caution in the wind and let's just ignore all the rules and do whatever we want just to spend time with each other. No, no, no. I'm speaking to something deeper because the reality is most of us have been living like this for a very long time. You've had a mentality that is, I'll have a friendship so long as it's safe. I'll let somebody into my life so long as it's safe. I'll be part of the church so long as it's safe. I'll be in community so long as it's safe. But relationships are never safe. Letting someone close to you is never safe because it requires us to be vulnerable and honest and authentic. So I want to invite you into a story about a a guy who was living isolated because others had insulated themselves from him because he was dangerous, because he was sick. Uh, the, the guy who writes the story is a guy named Mark. In fact, he wrote about the life and teachings of Jesus from an eyewitness experience. Now, I mean, he, he knew Jesus. He, he lived in relationship with Jesus. He spent time with Jesus. And he was the first one of Jesus' followers who was not only an eyewitness, but actually wrote it down in what becomes known as the gospel, the gospel according to Mark. And Mark records this crazy story, this crazy situation. Now, let me put it in context. Jesus had been teaching. He, uh, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, Jesus had been teaching, and he'd been teaching for quite a while, and he eventually gets in a boat, and he continues to teach from the boat, and eventually he tells his friends, hey, let's cross over to the other side of the lake, and uh, as they're sailing across the lake, this horrible storm hits, or comes in, and it starts devastating the boat to the point where they fear that they're going to be killed and drown. Meanwhile, Jesus is asleep in the boat, and uh, they come to Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? And so they wake Jesus up, and Jesus wakes up. He wipes the, you know, sleep away from his eyes, and he goes, watch this. And he calms the storm, and the calming of the storm around them revealed the storm in them. And Jesus spoke to their fear and challenged their faith. And, and then the story continues. And, and it jumps ahead to this moment. They arrive on the other side of the lake, which is kind of where Jesus said they were going. You kind of wonder, why would Jesus stop his teaching to get to the other side of the lake? And so let's jump in to the story. When they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, which, just so you know, because again, you, you probably wouldn't know this, the Gerasenes is a region of the Gentiles. Now, again, that might not mean much to you, but the Jewish people stayed where the Jewish people live. The Gerasenes is a region where the Jewish people don't live. That's the Gentile regions. So for them, this is the area of the outcasts. This is the area where the Jewish people don't go. They have a different religion. They're pagans. They don't believe what we believe. It's kind of like in modern times, you would use like a term like, it's the other side of the tracks. And so Jesus and his friends go to the other side of the tracks. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. And so let me continue. For he, why was he bound? Why couldn't they keep him chained up? For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he would, he tore the chains apart and broke the irons off his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. 
Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with the stones. And, and so, you know, Jesus sails across the, the sea. He, they get hit by a devastating storm in the middle of the sea. Jesus calms this violent storm. They arrive to the other side, and immediately Jesus meets a man with a violent storm inside of him. He's got a violent storm of spiritual demons, but not just real demons. He's got the demons of isolation, the demons of rejection, the demons of having been chained and left alone. And this guy is sabotaging relationships. The pain inside of him and the demons that haunt him are hurting his relationships to the point where they can't even get this guy out of their life. In fact, I was just, as I was reading this story, I thought, this is the guy that your mom warned you about. All right, this was the kid you weren't allowed, you weren't allowed to play with uh, in, in, in your neighborhood. This was the kid that like when your parents were scared when you went off to school, this is the guy they were scared of, all right? He's crazy. He's a maniac. I mean, really a maniac. I mean, he hurts people. He's full of demons. Uh, you can't chain him. You can't control him. He's the guy that when you see him today, you, you kind of walk to the other side of the street. And as a result, he lives in isolation and you and I live in fear. And even today, the best we could offer is some very strong medication and a lifetime of treatment. And uh, so even today, he would live in isolation. He would live very much alone. And Jesus seems to go out of his way to meet people who are alone and isolated, rejected, and everyone else is scared of them. Jesus seems to make it a point to find people that others avoid. And so let's continue as we, as we continue in the story. Well, what happens? When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees, which sounds like the right thing to do until you hear what happens next. He fell on his knees in front of him and shouted at the top of his voice. I mean, he's crazy. What do you want with me, Jesus? And, you know, you and I, we'd be like, imagine this happened to you. This guy comes running. He's you know, falls at your feet, he's screaming at you. What do you want with me? And you're like, I don't want anything with you. I, I was trying to avoid you. You're the guy that my mom told me to stay away from. Uh, what do you want with me, Jesus? He knows him by name. Son of the most high God, in God's name, don't torture me. What is going on here? It, what, I wanna, what I wanna help you quickly recognize is Jesus sailed all the way across the sea to find a man that others avoided, that others, that he was isolated from those that feared him. And when he met Jesus, he wanted to reject Jesus. He wanted Jesus to go away. It's like he had this sabotaging tendency that when he got around people that might care about him, he would hurt them. Some of you might know someone that's like this. Maybe, maybe you've tried to get close to them, but they reject you because they want to prove to themselves that nobody cares about them. 
Maybe you've done this to someone. Maybe because someone cared about you, you had to convince yourself that no one loves you, and so you've hurt other people. But this guy rejects Jesus. He pushes Jesus away. He wants nothing to do with Jesus. Um, and you might wonder why. What is, what is Jesus doing that makes him want to push away? And, and so we'll continue reading the story. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So I got to admit, as I've read this story, I've read this story before, and every time I've read it, I thought, this is such a weird story. This is a weird guy. Jesus sails across the sea, and he, gets, and he meets a man who's crazy, and the man is like, get out of here, go away, what do you want with us? And Jesus is like, no, you go away. And he casts thousands of demons out of this man, and they go into the pigs, and they run off a cliff, and they die. And the whole thing is just weird. But in the middle of weird, there is a mess, there's, a, there's this moment, there's this message that you can't miss, and that is that Jesus goes out of his way to meet broken people, people that are hurting and alone. Now, you might not live in a graveyard, but maybe you live in the cemetery of shame and guilt. Maybe you don't live among the tombs, but despair and death and grief surround you. Maybe you're not physically chained and no one's ever put irons on your hands or your feet, but maybe you know what it's like to be chained by addictions, chained by interpersonal personal struggles. Maybe a struggle in your mind or your thinking. Maybe it's a mental health issue that has you chained. And because of your chains, others fear you and stay away from you Regardless of what you've been through, every one of us know what it feels like to be isolated and alone and cut off from those we love. And here's what I want you to know. Jesus goes out of his way to find people like you and I, and your mess becomes your message. In fact, I want you to, want you to say that. I want you to remind yourself of that. I hope you would take a moment, maybe even write that down. If you're joining us online, I want you, you can even type that into the comment section. Maybe make a little note to yourself. If you're sitting with someone, just lean over and say, your mess becomes your message. God wants to get you back and give you back to those you love. So God goes out of his way to come to you. Now, what's the problem? Well, the real problem, not just with this guy who's got a legion. He, in fact, Jesus says, what's your name? And he goes, my name is Legion. And what he was saying was, I've got thousands of demons in me. I've got things that are really wrong with me. And maybe this does just seem like some strange story, but it's a story that every one of us can relate to because every one of us can relate to Legion, to a guy with so many issues that he can't go near anyone, and he's living isolated, and others are living in fear of him. What has you and I trapped? What has you and I chained? What has you and I living in the cemetery of shame and guilt is a spiritual problem. It's, an inner, an inter, it's inside of us, a spiritual force. Maybe it's not demons inside of you, but it's what Jesus called sin. It's an inner spiritual battle 
where you and I push away from God and we live our lives pursuing what we want and what we desire. And as a result, it wrecks our lives and it leaves us alone and isolated. Even surrounded by friends, you feel alone. You feel chained by your own desires, trapped in your own faulty way of thinking. And having irons around your hands and feet, not physical irons, but the irons of regret, the irons of disappointment, of brokenness. And Jesus goes looking. He goes out of his way to find people, not just who are in physical violent storms, but who are in spiritually violent storms. Jesus goes out of his way to find people in a mess so that he can transform their situation. And just like Jesus spoke to the violent storm, peace be still, Jesus spoke into this man's life and he he cast out, he rebuked the demons that were haunting him and he set this man free and he healed him and he made him whole. And what I want you to know is that Jesus wants to find you in your mess. He wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to bring you back to him. God loves you, and he's willing to go out of his way to find you and do what only God can do. See, there are moments in our life There are crises in our life. There are spiritual battles in our life that no amount of medication, no amount of treatment, no amount of, you know, uh, physical activity, no amount of money, no amount of vacationing will fix. Sometimes you just need God to show up and do what only God can do. You and I need an only God moment where God goes out of his way and meets us and brings us back to him. And that's what God is about. Jesus left heaven, came to earth. He went out of his his way to find people who were broke and broken, who were living isolated and insulated from others. And God closes the gap of that isolation. God refuses to leave you isolated from him in eternity. So he comes to you and he pursues you because he loves you. And he loved you so much that he was willing to prove it by giving his life as the payment for your eternal death sentence. So that when Jesus Christ died on a cross, he was paying for the penalty of your death and mine. He was paying for your sin and mine. And so he died once for all, but Jesus not only died, he rose from the dead. Listen to me. His resurrection is the power and victory over death, over sin, and over eternal judgment. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, you're not only forgiven, but you're given new life. God goes after those who are far from him and far from others. In fact, if that's where you're at today, and you want to receive that love from God, that new life that forgiveness that comes from Jesus, I want you to say yes to Jesus. You make it, you make it a point to make a commitment to Jesus right now and let us know. Just, just let us know. In fact, you can text the name Jesus to 41411. I'm, I'm encouraging you to do that because when you make a commitment to Jesus, you need others to cheer you on. That's right. You need others. And, and so when you shoot us a text, here's what you're going to get. One of our pastors is going to send you a quick link to give you a next step. Because we want to encourage you as you begin this new journey with, with us through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, many of you have said yes to Jesus. Now what? Now what? And, and so I want to bring you back into the story because there's this now what moment. This man experiences Jesus. He wanted to push Jesus away, the only one that could help him. He wanted to push Jesus away because others had pushed him away. 
And so when he meets Jesus, Jesus transforms his life, and Jesus wants to meet you and transform your life. So what happens next? Let's jump back into the story. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man. So the, the community, the people in the, in the village, they came to Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. The first thing I want you to take away from this story is this. Your mess is where Jesus wants to meet you and free you. Listen to me carefully. Your mess is the very place where Jesus wants to meet you and free you. Your mess is usually the place that you most hide from others. It's the door that you have... Uh, bolted and double locked. It's the story that you don't tell. And if it comes up, you lie about it. You find a tricky way to explain it because that's the one area of your life you're trying to keep everyone out. And certainly that was the reality for Legion. But Jesus goes and he meets this man in the middle of his mess because his mess is the reason why he can't get close to others. His mess is the reason why he's isolated from others. His mess is the reason why his life is a mess. And so Jesus goes out of his way to meet him in his mess so that he can free him from his mess. Listen to me. Jesus is not afraid of your mess. Whatever your mess is, Jesus is not afraid of it. He knows you. He created you. He knows your whole story. If Jesus was afraid of our mess, he wouldn't have come from heaven to earth to die on the cross for the very mess that we've created, the sin mess, the hurt mess, the mental health mess, the spiritual mess, the emotional mess. I know others might be embarrassed by your mess. I know others might push you away because of the messiness in your life, but Jesus is not afraid of your mess. He's also not embarrassed by your mess. Some of you think that God wants to avoid you or is avoiding you because if, if you were one of his, you would embarrass him. And so maybe you steer clear of others or you, you don't talk about your faith because you're afraid that you're going to give Jesus a bad name. Jesus isn't embarrassed by your mess. In fact, he goes out of his way to get close to people who are messy. In fact, Jesus specializes in messy people. He specializes in our mess. Now here, here's the you know, little secret that nobody wants to say. Everybody is messy. Everybody has a mess that we're all trying to hide. We all have a spiritual mess and a mental mess and an emotional mess, and we all got messes in relationships, but Jesus goes out of his way to find that messy place and meet you in it to transform it and free you from the mess. He wants to meet you in the messy place in your relationship in your marriage, in your parenting. He wants to meet you in the messy place in your finances. He wants to meet you in the messy place in your emotions. Why? Because God wants to transform you. He wants to free you of the real demons or the inner demons that haunt you and hurt you. God wants to transform you and set you free so that you can live heal and whole. But it's gonna be an only God story. Would you allow God to do what only God can do? Only God can forgive. Only God can take the mess of your past, heal it, 
transform you so that you can be whole, so that you can be like this man where the whole community comes and they find him. I love this shift in his life. Here he was naked and exposed, and they find him dressed with dignity. He was isolated and alone, and yet he's sitting with the crowd coming to find him. Here's a man filled with demons, and he's freed in his right mind. He was wandering and lost, and now Jesus found him and gave him a hole and a place of belonging. And now you might ask, now what? Check this out. Then the people... They began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Again, it's a weird story. Why are they telling, why are they pleading with Jesus, begging Jesus to leave? I'll tell you why. Because they can't control Jesus, and they recognize that he's got more power than anyone they've ever met, and and enough power to drive out demons, but also destroy thousands of pigs, caused some material loss for this man to have the freedom he found. In order for him to be whole, cost the community something. And, and they, they really were questioning if, they, if the material loss was worth his healing. So Jesus, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. Go away from us. You're too powerful. We don't want anything to do with your power and your presence. I mean, who would reject God in order to maintain the status quo? Who would want to get rid of Jesus in order, in order to keep your life and your economy and your possessions the way they are? Well, I think you and I might know a lot of people. But what does Jesus do? Well, check this out. Let's get to the end of the story. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Yeah, I would too. These people don't want anything to do with me. I mean, they've locked me up. They've chained me. They've hurt me. They've isolated themselves from me. They've insulated themselves from me. And this man has set me free. He loved me enough to rescue me. And so he wants to go with Jesus, but Jesus did not let him. He said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away. And began to tell in the Decapolis, the word Decapolis or the name Decapolis means 10 cities. So he traveled all around these 10 different cities in the region of the Gerasenes, telling them how much Jesus had done for him. And all of the people were amazed. And the key here is this, your mess becomes your message and your mission. The messiest place in your life is the place where you can meet God and have a message that becomes a mission. Maybe you've been abused, and unfortunately, too many of you have. Jesus wants to heal your abuse, give you a message to comfort others who've been abused. Maybe you've walked through tragedy, a a divorce, a loss. He wants to meet you in your mess and give you a message of healing and then send you on mission to bring hope and healing to others. Maybe you walk through the horrific tragedy of abortion. He wants to to meet you in your mess, heal you, give you a message that becomes a mission to comfort others who've either made those decisions who are about to. Maybe you've walked through other loss 
or other hurt or other abuses or other devastation. And that mess is where God wants to meet you and put you, give you a message to give you a mission. But you got to allow God to meet you where you're at. Invite his spirit into the messiest parts of your life. Allow him to heal you and set you free and transform you. And then put a message in your mouth of hope and healing to others. But then you've got to go to others. You've got to close the gap. I know you just want to hide with Jesus. I know you just want to hang out with Jesus in your room all by yourself. But God wants you to go beyond yourself. Close the gap because there's others that are hurting. I mean, there was a whole city and cities that would have rejected this guy, but now he had a message. And not only did he have a message, but he had a mission. See, the madman became the missionary, and he began to travel all across his home community telling them how good Jesus was. And Jesus tells him, go to them and tell them about how you were healed and how I had mercy on you, how good I have been to you. And what you and I need to do is we need to share our story as we share life with others. Get that? You have a story to tell because wherever God's met you in the mess, that's a message. And you and I need to begin to share that message. But don't just share the message with random strangers. This guy lived in a community where everybody knew him and he went back to them and began to tell them how Jesus changed his life and they could see how his life was different from where it was before. And so that means you and I have to get in a relationship with others. And so as I, as I, um, as I want to bring this in for a challenge moment, don't miss the key that God took a guy who was isolated and alone and brought him home back to his family and his friends where it wasn't safe, but where it was necessary that his mess became a message and a mission and they began to live in life together. Your greatest mission is in your own home. The most powerful message you'll ever bring is to those who know you best. You and I need to live in relationship with our family members and those close to us. You need to get into relationship with others that you might even avoid. You and I need to get into close relationship to people that it might be hard to get into relationship with. You might be scared to get into relationship, right? Because I challenge you at the front end. <laughs> we think friendships and family are important so long as it's safe. But it's never safe, is it? No, it's never safe to get close to someone. It's never safe to be vulnerable with someone. It's never safe to share the mess and your message. But whoever said anything about being safe, I want to challenge you. You go out of your way in 2021 to share life with others, to get into someone's home to bring a meal to someone, to do life together, to get into a community. I mean, meaningful, powerful community. Don't you dare let fear keep you isolated and alone. You need help, you ask for help. If you, you need friends, you get friends. I mean, the church is literally a family. The church is a family of friends. We're a community of faith. Here's what I can tell you. We're gonna let you down. You're gonna get hurt in the, in the church. You're going to get into community, and you're going to find out that some of us, we don't live up to your expectations. We're not perfect. We say the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing. We're going to let you down. You're going to find out that when you get close to people in the church, we're just as broken as you are. We've gone through what you've gone through. In fact, some of us are still going through it, and that might embarrass you. It doesn't embarrass Jesus. It might make you a little bit afraid. Jesus isn't afraid of this. 
And he's not afraid to bring you in a close relationship with others. But here's what I can also promise you. When you get close to people within the church, it'll be the most life-giving, most life-transforming, and amazing community that you can ever connect to. Can I challenge you? Get connected to each other. God won't allow Jesus to meet you in your mess. Only Jesus can meet you in the mess and heal you and transform you and free you. But when Jesus meets you in the mess, he wants to take your mess and turn it into a message and a mission. And the primary mission is relationship and sharing life together. So now I want to challenge you. I just want to pray over you. Jesus, thank you for loving us. That you didn't just go out of your way to calm physical storms. You went out of your way to meet people with the inner, inner spiritual storms whose lives were getting devastated by fear and hurt and hate. They were devastated by spiritual demons, devastated by demons in their thinking, in their emotions, in their past. Somebody who was devastated by the way he was treated by others, and Jesus, you met him in his mess. Would you meet us in our mess? Would you heal? God, all across our campuses, every single individual that's meeting us online, right where they're at, in that place where they feel most messy, most embarrassed, most afraid to let you in. Would you meet them? And God, I'm believing for miracles right now. Only God miracles that you would do what only you can do, that you would heal and you would set free and you would deliver, that you would free people of the trapped thinking, that you would free them of emotional bondage, you would set them free of spiritual demons, that you would liberate them of the pain of their past and they would begin to walk in newfound freedom in you. And from that, God, they begin to have a message a message that would become a mission. And God, would you begin to give us true, powerful, life-changing community as we, as we close the gap of vulnerability, as we close the gap of authenticity, as we close the gap of community and begin to have real and authentic friendships truly sharing life together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.